the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Talk 910 KNEW San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. I do a good three hours of preparation for the show each and every day. I'm pretty sure I'll be dead by age 50, but my goal is to get you to retirement so you can live from age 60 to 100 on some of the knowledge that you glean from shows like this. I think you can learn a lot from talking to people with gray hair. What was the best investment they ever made? I think you can learn a lot from people like me who burned out in the financial world and just hate everything that is East Coast finances and wanted to come to the West Coast to educate people about what is East Coast finances. Don't be afraid. The show doesn't really have much of an agenda as far as where it goes on a day-by-day basis, but the, I know I know the thesis of this show. I know what it is. It's to get your butt to retirement from age 60 to 100. And I don't care if you're the 25-year-old hottie who got drunk and, and fooled around with the guy she shouldn't have fooled around with this week. And I don't care if you're the 35-year-old guy who had four kids. Don't care if you're the 55-year-old person who's got a big old nest egg 401k and you're about to make a huge mistake and roll it into an annuity. I don't care. And on an, every day of the show... It's a new show. It's two hours. It's from the hip. It's honest. Will I make mistakes? You betcha. Will I teach you a thing or two on occasion? You know I will. In the last hour, I mentioned that tomorrow I'm going to be talking with Glenn Beck. It's going to be a 10-minute fast interview. I said, I don't know what the hell I'm going to talk to him about. I'm not big into celebrity interviews, and he's kind of a celebrity. But you responded. You dropped me some emails on what I should ask Glenn Beck. Let me give you a couple examples and bring them on. RobertRobBlack.com. One says, I believe he has a highly uh, successful business and he takes good care of his employees. Great benefits in bad economic times. Is this good? That's not a bad one. This one I love. He says, got to say, Rob, I'm sure Glenn would be the first to oppose any criticism you give him because you ask tough questions. Um, I think asking him why he cried on air would would give some good insight and I don't think he'd hold it against you. He jokes about it on his show quite a bit. So maybe I'll ask the question about why he cried on air. Because me, I can't do that. I remember last hour, I also ended with a conversation that I talked about the guy who has the 15-year mortgage versus the guy who has the 30-year mortgage. And he wants the 15-year. He doesn't want the 30-year. I'm telling him he's making a financial mistake. And he says, well, I can't save. If I have that extra $200 a month from having a 30-year, I probably wouldn't be able to save it. Well, that's his fault. So he sends me an email. He's listening to the show. And got to love this. He says, you're on the money. It's not taken out automatically. I don't have the discipline to save. I don't live in a trailer park, but I do own a trailer. It comes with 43 acres I own on with no mortgage and no neighbors that we have in common. We don't like people. Lynn Beck and Anchor get real. He was booted off this station several years ago. It's a regular revolving door at KNEW. That's his opinion. It's good that we have opinions. Beck wasn't really ever booted off the station. Our station is always about trying to find the right balance of what people want to hear right now. And when does the rhetoric get old? I will be booted off this station down the road. There's no doubt about it. Um, why? Because I won't be as fast. I won't be as funny. I won't be as prepared. There'll be someone who's faster, funnier, and more prepared. 
It's the nature of radio. I'm good with it. Down the road, I'm going to teach a little league soccer. Hopefully, I have a munchkin who's playing little league soccer. Otherwise, I'm going to look kind of weird teaching little league soccer to other people's munchkins. So that's my goal. I want to own a bar down the road because I like to talk. I don't like to drink that much, and I like to talk. So I think I'd be a good bartender, per se, bar owner. Also, don't you ever always find yourself going into like a bar and saying, this food's great, and everyone there is really happy? Or you go into a bar, and the bar food's awful. And it's This bar food's awful. I would do high-end food at a bar. High-end food. Um, because you make money. You make tons of money on the booze. Let's talk about some of the business stories that are out there today. Now, again, new week, new tone. Last week ended to kind of negative because people freaked out about the unemployment numbers. We should freak out about the unemployment numbers. They're high. They're historically high. They're not the worst we've ever seen, but pretty close. For some of us, they're the worst we've seen. For some of us who've lived 60, 70, 80 years, they're not the worst we've seen. We also tend not to remember things. Like, it was this bad in the 1980s, but we were watching Family Ties, and we were watching the A-Team, and Ronald Reagan was our president, and we were bombing Libya, and we were saying, you know, the, the American cowboy won't be, you know, beat upon. So we kind of forgot about that, but it was this bad in the 80s. Remember the 80s where we were doing a lot of cocaine? A lot of people don't remember that. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I'm going to start experimenting on doing the show from home with no phone calls because no one's calling me. So Bank of America, they've selected an emergency CEO. An emergency CEO. What's that about? Well, Ken Lewis said last week, I'm going to retire. But banks don't do that. Banks tend to say, I've decided I'm going to retire, and here's my right-hand man. He will be taking the position for me in three months. So for him to come out and say that he's leaving without naming a replacement, it, it makes you go, what's going on in Bank of America? Is he about to be charged with something? Maybe. U.S. service sector grew in the month of September. That's a big business headline of the day. Our service economy, which accounts for 70% of our economy, some people say as much as 80% of our economy. You know how we keep hearing about manufacturing GM jobs being shut down? Who cares? They're not as important to us as they used to be. They're 20% of our economy. They're a small part of our economy. What we need is services. Services are a lot more profitable than manufacturing, and manufacturing has a sticky wicket of making us a little bit more dependent on oil. New orders jumped to 54, a reading of 54. Now, any reading over 50 is expansion. Now, business backlog of orders grew for the first time in 14 months. Present business activity rose to a number of 55 from 51 in August. So the service part of our economy is good. Service sector shrank in September, though at a slightly slower pace than in August. Now, again, that's some of the current versus future. The future looks good. Better, but still terrible, is, is the way I would read it. Businesses are more reluctant than past to start the hiring. And I don't think we're going to see any increased hiring until minimum of January. And I still think we continue to lose jobs in 2010. When 2010 is all said and done, we're going to look back and say, we've probably lost more jobs than we added. Now, the service sector is dependent on consumer spending. That's the kicker here. And again, consumer spending accounts for about 70% of our economy. Services account for about 80% of our economy. 
American spending rose 1.3% in August, the best showing since October of 2001. So the economic data that's out today, it's okay. Now, in the first hour, I talked a little bit about this. Now I want to beat the story up. Banks. Banks are critically important. The success or failure of a stock market is tied to one thing. No, 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 no. The success of the stock market is tied to one thing. Banks. You want to see banks doing well. Goldman Sachs got a little bit more optimistic about large banks today. They're raising the coverage view on the sector to attractive from neutral. They like Wells Fargo. I own Wells Fargo. I like Wells Fargo. They like Comerica. They added Capital One to their conviction buy list. They added J.P. Morgan and Bank of America was already on their conviction buy list. The quote was, the market has failed to recognize the dramatic improvement in earnings power at the large banks versus the regionals. They believe the difference in earnings power has not been fully reflected in share prices. Okay. That's an important upgrade. Write that down, ladies and gentlemen. That's an important upgrade. Now, how about the Saudi prince? Let's talk Saudi princes, because we don't usually get to talk about Saudi princes on this show. Prince Alawalad bin Talal, he's a big investor in Citigroup. He urged the United States government to sell its stake in the bank as soon as this year to boost investor confidence. Over 30% of Citigroup is owned by the United States government, and that freaks people out. Because when it's converted away... What will be left of Citigroup? Now, Prince Alawalad bin Talal is the largest shareholder in Citigroup. The earlier the United States government exits its investments in these companies, the better, he says. He says, we need the confidence to give it to the shareholders and investors that these companies are moving along it without government support. Now, tech stocks are winners today. Brocade Communications up 12 plus percent. The company has been reportedly as up for sale. Cisco System CEO said this is going to be a big year of mergers and acquisitions in networking. Maybe he's on to something. Let's get to another phone call. Petaluma Mark. Hi, Rob. Hey. I, I got a question. I, um, I had bought some BYD, a Chinese stock, and kind of followed it because of Warren Buffett getting into it. And I got into it about middle of July at 48 a share with ADRs. And um, I followed it up to 95, and I bought two times going up, and the last one being at 76. It's fallen off a fair amount. What do you think about that? I know that there's probably a lot with electric cars, et cetera, but do you have an opinion on BYD? Now, keep it in, BYD is Boyd Gaming? Uh, well, it's um, BY, BYDDYPK. It's a, it's a Chinese stock. It's the one that Warren Buffett had gotten into. And you spell it B-O-Y-D? It's, it's um, B-Y, the ticker. on the, Yeah, the ticker's not coming out for me. Spell the company name for me. Um, I really don't know the name of it. It's B-Y-D is what it's, you know, what it's called, and supposedly the big joke is it's by your dreams. from. Uh, but it's the, it's the uh, Chinese stock that Warren Buffett had gotten into not too long ago, tried to buy the entire company, but I ended up getting just 10% of it. Yeah, let me pass, because um, if I can't look at the financials on it, I can't give you any sort of opinion. Thanks for the call, though. 800-345-5639. I just can't come up with what he was looking for. Give me just a second. I'm going to keep trying ever so briefly, but I really need that ticker symbol. Otherwise, we get radio like this, Heidi. 
Yeah, awful radio. 800-345-5639. Let's go to break. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Black talking all things financial. Only thing I ask, if you call the show, have the ticker symbol ready. 800-345-5639. Otherwise, sit on it for another day and call the next day. Let's talk about Nuriel Rubini. He's this big old economist. Now, I just talked about how stocks are doing great today. Tech stocks because of rumor, um, uh, rumors tied towards mergers and acquisitions of names like Brocade and Cisco Systems saying, hey, look, we're going to spend money this year. We're going to buy other companies. When they tend to do that, they tend to buy other companies at a premium, and you can make some fast buckaroos. Now, Brocade's already moved today on news that they might be up for sale. Now, Saudi Prince Bin Talal Al-Tawid, he basically says, U.S. government, get out of Citigroup's business. Big banks right now are doing a thing like, well, if you want the economy to continue to recover, get the big government out of our pockets. <laughs> but we don't trust you. Big bank upgrade today, but there's also another big story. It's the Nuriel Rubini story. He's the guy who was right. He predicted the financial crisis. And because of that, we're going to pay attention to this guy for too many years. Look, put a monkey in front of a keyboard, he's going to eventually type a Shakespearean sonnet. And we'll say that's the smartest monkey on the planet, but he may never be able to do it again. Same thing with Noriel Rubini. Important to note. At one point in time, technical analysis, there was this woman named Elaine Garzarelli in the 1990s. She was so right so many times that we basically called her a guru. And then three years later, we're calling her a monkey because she was never right again. Rubini, he says there's several reasons the, the recovery is going to be anemic. Labor market's just awful. Consumers shopped out, saving more and consuming less. Glut of capacity. Financial systems damaged with limited credit growth. Fiscal stimulus will become a drag by next year. And finally, overspending countries like the United States are spending less while spending in oversaving countries is not picking up. It's countries like Japan that save more than they spend. I think Nero Rubini is more right than wrong, that they have gone up too much too soon, too fast. But I'm willing to be flexible. I don't need a V-shaped recovery. I don't need a U-shaped recovery. I don't need an L-shaped recovery. I'm going to see what happens, and I'll play into that the way I have to. Now, here's a quick investment lesson for you. Southwest Airlines. This takes me back to Warren Buffett, also known as Warren Buffet. Southwest Airlines was lowered to market perform from outperform on Monday over at Raymond James. Now, Raymond James, eh, let's put it this way. When I was an up-and-coming player in the investment world, I wouldn't work for Raymond James. They were below my standards. They were too regional. They were too mom-and-pop. But they're coming out today and saying Southwest has a premium valuation. Ticker symbol is LUV. They see stronger cash positions among some of their weaker rivals. Companies like Delta have recently raised a lot of money. So Raymond James says, we believe investors may be overestimating margin expansion potential in a recovery given comparisons to prior periods where Southwest benefited substantially from below market fuel prices. Southwest has always been really good at hedging fuel prices. Always been really good at hedging fuel prices. 
And then they kind of got a little bit caught by surprise when oil went from 40 to $150 a barrel, 150 to 60 Southwest, they could fly any plane as long as it's a Boeing 737. They got one plane. This is a business model that makes sense because their mechanics have to know how to fix one plane. Helps them contain prices. When I fly from the East Coast to West Coast or West Coast to East Coast, I want $250. I don't want $500. When I fly from Northern California to Southern California, Northern California to Pacific Northwest, I want $220, not more, not less. It's odd. That $200 to $250 is what I want. Anything over that, I feel like I'm getting gouged. Southwest has always played in that $200 area if you book it correctly. They do no reserved seats. They approached air travel throughout the United States, 65 cities, 30-plus states. They stand as inspiration for startup scrappy airfare companies. Companies like JetBlue copied a lot of what they learned from Southwest. Now, they're expanding a little bit westward. They bought a $170 million bid to buy troubled airline frontier. That bid was rejected. So they're starting to get a little aggressive. The lesson that I want to teach you here is Southwest is the best of the airline companies. And their stock still stinks. I don't buy airline companies. Warren Buffett won't do it. I won't do it. Let's get a phone calls. Let's get a runner park bill. Hi, Rob. Wanted to uh, get some information so I can better understand the idea of American depository receipts, in particular how it how it works with the value of the dollar. Uh, I was looking at a stock uh, Total. That's a uh, French uh, oil energy company, and it's an ADR. And I'm just wondering how it's affected by the the value of the dollar. Uh, is it make it worse? Does it make it better? What can you tell me so I can understand that? Yeah, I, I don't think you should get caught up too much in ADR. Okay. I think you should get caught up in what business Total does. Do they do it in dollars or do they do it in euros? And in this case, they do it in euros. Okay. Now, I'm going to answer both of these because... You kind of threw out two questions in one. An ADR is an American depository receipt. It allows you to buy shares of a non-U.S. company, but it trades in U.S. financial markets. Um, the stock of many non-U.S. companies trade on U.S. stock exchanges through the use of ADRs. Each ADR is listed as a de- in a depository bank so that basically it can represent a fraction of a share. Um, for whatever reason, Total just isn't listed in the United States because, again, in this case, they're a foreign-run company. Um, they are, if you were to go to, you know, a European exchange, they're listed there. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't have to buy it in the ADR because you'd be buying it in euros. Um, depository banks have various responsible to ADR shareholders in compliance issues. And I'm totally good with Americans buying ADRs. I once owned Total. I prefer Petrobras right now. It's the same thing. It's an ADR. Um, ticker symbol on Petrobras is PBR. Total is TOT. I tend to prefer the emergence of South America versus the steadiness of the euro or the consistency of the banking behind the euro. Uh, but Total is a big, big, big um, European. It's kind of like the, the Exxon of, of, of France. That's what I thought. Yeah. So, yes, you are diversifying away from a weaker dollar. And the ADR angle, just because you're buying it in dollars, the company still does business in euros. So the company will benefit from a weaker dollar. Now, they will hurt from a stronger dollar. So you're you're basically getting a little bit of a currency hedge inside of your portfolio, and you're using it in this case tied towards an oil company, which I'm not against because I've I preach a similar thing with with Petrobras. That's 
what I was wondering if, if, if I was understanding it correctly, and I think I am so far. And to give it a little further color, you and I believe in different gods or different religions. Um, we believe in different religions, but we still believe in the same God of diversifying away from the dollar. Um, so you doing Total doesn't upset me. Me doing Petrobras hopefully doesn't upset you because we're basically still don't kill your neighbors, don't run amok, don't, you know, um, covet your neighbor's wife. We're still basically playing the same game of how to protect our portfolio so that it gets to where we want it to. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for the call. Um, Total is one of the world's largest oil companies. Um, Total does it all. You could call it Total which is one of my favorite cereals if you sprinkle a little sugar on it. But Total um, explores, they develop, they produce crude oil, natural gas, they refine and market oil, they trade and transport it. So they do it all. They're an integrated oil company. There's, in oil, there's what's called major integrated or integrated companies. And the big majors integrate. They do it all. They pull it from the ground, they refine it, they ship it, they sell it at gas stations. That's the basic idea of an integrated. It's, it's integrated all facets of the oil business into their business model. They got 25 refineries. They got 16,000 gas stations. Uh, they got the Total brand. They got the Elf brand. I've never seen the Elf brand. I don't think I've ever seen the Elf brand. The Elf brand is mostly in Europe and Africa. That's why. Um, and that's what I got. Now, again, they're also in some coal mining and then some natural gas. So, you know, I guess he says potato. I say potato. potato. We're close. Um, I'm not offended by his, his angle. 800-345-5639. And I'd give him the caller of the day because he actually knew what he was coming up with. Like he, he knew the angle. Caterpillar, changing topics, big old Caterpillar. It's known as the big cat. How many companies can make something that pushes earth around? There's about 10. There's not a lot. Caterpillar said today they're going to raise machinery prices in 2010, 2%. That's inflation. Companies said the actions results from current industry factors and current and expected general economic conditions. So they wouldn't be raising unless they saw some demand for their, their product because some of their competitors like Deere and Komatsu might lower prices in order to get business away from the big cat. So they're seeing a little bit of economic activity, but they're also getting hit with their, their cost, their cost for metal, their cost for firing up the factories to build those big things, cost of delivering those big things, the cost of marketing those big things. So there's a little bit of, of inflation. This is a story that I'm neutral on. I, I, th- I threw it out there to show you there's a good thing in inflation. That's inflation being a good thing. There's some confidence. They're not keeping prices as is for another year. But it's also not super hot. They're not raising prices 10%. But again, it's, they're also not deflating prices 10%. So that's kind of Goldilocksian of me. That's where I see our economy. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. Worldwide, it's okay. I'm not saying it's all right. It's okay. It could be a lot better. Could be a lot worse. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-345-5639. Tomorrow, I'm going to be speaking with the one, the only Glenn Beck in the first hour. In the second hour, I'm going to be speaking with Aaron Patzer from Money Intelligence. To get your calls on the air today, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I got some swine flu. Hmm, what else do I got? How about a circus tycoon going into space? Circus Tycoon in space? Clowns in space? Or swine flu? You tell me. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's Rob Black Show. More stimulating talk. 9, 10 a.m.
Living on the run, driving in the sun, picking up for number one. California, here we come, right back where we started. Many years ago, when I was in my 20s, one of the dates that made a lot of sense was take a girl to Cirque du Soleil. It's a fun show. It's unique. It's different. Probably hasn't been to one. Now, 20 years later, I'm all done and tired, and I don't need to see another Cirque du Soleil show for the rest of my life. I think if you've seen two of them, you've seen them all. Okay, so the freak can bend over backwards. Okay, so the freak can jump off a high dive. Okay, so they're going to pull someone out of the crowd and, and pretend that he's, he's a plant, or he's not a plant. I've seen them all. I don't need any more. I don't need any more of that creepy, weird music. I don't need any more of the freaky clowns. I'm done with it. I've seen them all. But Canadian circus billionaire, you see where I'm going at with this, right? The founder, a guy named Guy Lelibote, and don't correct me on the pronunciation because I don't care. You listen to the Rob Black Show, and Rob Black really doesn't care about your opinions. He'll pretend to on occasion, but more often than not, go screw. So Canadian circus billionaire, he boarded the International Space Station last week after a smooth ride up from Earth. He promptly played the entertainer by donning a red clown nose for a camera. I hate you, Guy we could use without the red clown noses. He became the seventh pain space tourist to travel to the station where he plans to mix clownish fun with a serious message about the growing shortage of clean water on the planet 220 miles below. Okay, Gee, you're right. I give up. The clown wins. There is a problem in the United States, and we have to be aware of this. A gallon of water is a lot more expensive than a gallon of oil. People don't realize that. And what do we keep hearing about? Southern California is on fire and it's burning. There's an investment lesson from this clown. There's a couple of ETFs, exchange-traded funds, which is a basket of companies that are investing in water. One of them that I'll throw out there is a company called CGW. And that's an international basket. I think the international issue on water is a lot more important than the United States issue on water. I throw that out there in large part because internationally, people kill each other over diamonds. You've heard in South Africa or African continent that you know there's these people that grab kids and teach them how to use weapons so they can protect the diamond mines. And they cut off their brothers and sisters' arms and legs with machetes and their blood diamonds. They do the same thing over water. This world is crazy. We fight over oil. We fight over God. We fight over water. So the Cirque du Soleil founder, he's right. He's talking about how clean water is a lot more important. I can do without oil for a week. I could not do without clean water for a week. I'd die. Or I'd come darn close to it. He's going to return to Earth on October 11th. He's adapting pretty well. He loves the thing. He ain't going to stay six months. So he loves it while he's up there. He chatted with his children in French. Allô, papa. Je t'aime, papa. I hate this man even more. He's got kids that speak French. I want kids that speak French. Hello, Papa. Be pretty sweet, right? Now, he says he's happy he didn't get space sick. What's interesting to note, he's an experienced acrobat. He's a fire eater. He's a stilt walker. He's a clown nose wearer. He's on a serious mission. He's worth roughly $2.5 billion. He's coming back in a couple weeks, but he went from street performer to a guy who figured out how to do a new circus. 
We were all tired of the old circus. Clowns getting in a small car. Ringling Brothers were tired of you. We're bored with you. Then there kind of became this New York circus where there were kind of more ghetto clowns, kind of sloppier, kind of not as scary. And then boom, this guy figured it out. He reinvented it. Now, he's on a serious mission, but he reinvented something and he made a billion dollar franchise out of it. Cirque du Soleil. So again, clown goes to space. Is there something to learn? Yeah. That you and I could reinvent the wheel. We could reinvent television or, or financial media. We could reinvent distribution platforms. You could be a billionaire too. There's no reason you can't be. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. 800-345-5639. Are you as tired? Are you as tired as I am? Of Cirque du Soleil, though. Isn't it kind of like starting to outlive its its usefulness? And we could play some Cirque du Soleil. Speak English, Rob. If we could play some Cirque du Soleil music on the way out, I think you'll all revolt at how nauseating it is. Okay. Barons. Let's switch from one flip to the other flop. Barons is a magazine that I read on weekends, and I did not read it this weekend. I was on vacation. I was on holiday this weekend. But Barons is, it's kind of like... I don't know. You know, in the world of porn, there's Penthouse, which is really hardcore. And then there's Playboy, which is really softcore. Barron's is kind of hardcore. Hustler, much more hardcore. Swank, Jugs, High Fidelity. Those are really super hardcore. And that that's, Barron's is in between, I guess. I'll, I'll say Barron's is not softcore, not hardcore. They're in between. Barron's, the H1N1 virus, they did a story on it this weekend talking about a company called Steris. Ticker symbol, S-T-E. And by the way, love Nicolas Cage when he said, I'll take all these here huggies. I'll take these here huggies and all the cash in the drawer. And the, This is from Raising Arizona. And the guy behind the cash register is reading Jugs magazine, which I just think that's funny. Um, so Sarah's ticker symbol STE highlighted in Barron's magazine. I'll take these here huggies and all the cash in the drawer. And it just shows you that, you know, robbing in this day and age, diapers are expensive. I can see people robbing over diapers. Um, but again, Steris mentioned in Barron's this weekend, H1N1 flu virus, swine flu. I go on a regular basis and I tell you that this fall, people are going to panic and freak out over swine flu. I think people will punch you if you cough on them or sneeze on them at a restaurant or a movie theater. I think parents will pull their kids out of class because they hear of swine flu. I think people will overreact to this. Now, Steris could play be a play on this. Steris is a hygiene hysteria play. You can hear, you can see sterile in it. You know, S T E R I Steris. The company makes sterilization systems for healthcare research and industrial markets. They sanitize lotions and soaps. Healthcare professionals use the firm's steam and chemical sterilization systems to sterilize surgical and diagnostic devices. They make disinfection systems and infection prevention consumables. Company sells surgical support products, exam lights, surgical tables, scrub sinks. So they're in 60 plus countries. You get the idea, right? I don't need to beat this one in the ground for you. When you have flu virus, you can kill it if you clean it. Last fall, in this very building that I'm in right now. No, it wasn't even last fall. It was this winter. It was back in March. There was a, a memo that went out at Clear Channel that and I'm probably not supposed to say this, but it said, someone in the building has swine flu. <laughs> so 
what did they do to fix it? They didn't send us all home. They gave us hand sanitizer. I don't know if I was supposed to let that cat out of that bag, but I don't think that's terribly responsible. Ultimately, it worked out well, but not terribly responsible. Okay, so I'm showing you the behind the scenes of my life. I'm showing you the behind the scenes hardcore of my life. Anyway, Barron says the stock stairs could rise another 20 to 30 percent as growth resumes in hospital spending as demand for sterilization products accelerates. Longer term profit could rise 15 percent a year. That's pretty good. Can your profit rise 15 percent a year? Look at a stock as you. And you want to invest in the stock or you. You can put an extra 20 bucks in your pocket, go out for a nice uh, burger and beer tonight. Or you could put 20 bucks in stairs, which is going to grow their profit 15 percent a year. In theory, that's the problem. It's always about in theory. There's no guarantee. Steris makes and markets infection prevention products from sterilant solutions to scrub stations. They're one of the largest pure plays in swine flu prevention. You know, another backdoor one would be like the CVSs and the Longs and the Walgreens. Because hospitals need sterile environments, but you and I need sterile environments too. And where do we buy our sterile environment equipment? Drugstores. You get the idea. I'm beating this into a pulp, aren't I? I do believe I am. So anyway, uh, Barron's brought up stairs, ticker symbol STE, for your consideration. I'm not giving it a buy recommendation, sell recommendation. I'm not saying buy, sell, or hold. I'm saying it's out there. Take a look at it if you really want to. Let me give you one more thing on it. Let me look at the last three years of finances. Now, Barron's can say their future looks good, but let's take a look at their past ever so briefly. This will tell you, have they good, have they good management? Have they good management, young man? I sound like I'm speaking 18th century English for you. Have they good management? Oh. And you know, back real quick before I look at the financials. Remember the guy who called in about the Chinese company? Why do you need a Chinese company? Why not buy the whole Chinese stock market? Why not get a play on it? Why, why buy one company that has exposure to China? When China is a play on a middle class. You don't need the story stock of China. You got the volume, volume, volume of China. Have you seen their numbers at Stairs ticker symbol STE? 1.1 billion in sales to 1.2 billion to 1.29 billion. Revenue growth is a little lax, in my opinion. But income, they've done a pretty good job. They've gone from 82 million to 77 million. Boo. Up to 110 million. So if we were to forgive that one year where they slumped, they've gone from 80 million to 110 million. That's not too bad. Diluted earning per shares from a buck twenty-five to a buck eighty-six. Basically, what happened was the reason they weren't as profitable in two thousand eight as they were in two thousand seven and two thousand nine. The reason they went down in that one year is because they grew by acquisition. Now that you know that, you're more than willing to forgive that boo. But it is all relevant. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine. What say you, young man? Call the show. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine. Ten minutes left in the show. My bosses are following me on Twitter. You can Twitter along with me at Rob Black Show, but my 910 bosses are following me. Makes me want to send out bogus texts. Makes me want to like send out these crazy filled lies uh, because they're monitoring. Big Brother's monitoring. There's a big story today in San Jose Mercury News. The Merc talking about Twitter and how people are now trying to get jobs using Twitter. I feel like I'm not up to speed because I, I don't feel like 
this makes any sense to me. I don't much care for Twitter. I like Twitter. I get Twitter, but I don't much care for it. But Internet's microblogging superhero, Twitter, continues to balloon with 40 million users wide. And they got countless applications. Uh, they got a Twittersphere. Thousands and thousands of job seekers. Twitter is going to become more and more viable as job hunting tools become, and you could build up a job search network in an afternoon and effectively create a whole self-presentation in the Twitter sphere. Twitter as a business tool. Accessible by computer or cell phones, Twitter can be used to post jobs, poke around for one, it can bone up for a potential boss. Simply keep your friends updated on your job hunt. It's free. It's fast. Social networking sites as Facebook and LinkedIn. They're connecting you with people you know, but Twitter makes it easier to broadcast messages of people with common interests that you don't know by following others and having them follow you. It's a tool. I still don't quite get it, but it's a great way to get up to the minute information about a company and its latest products. Again, that just to me says it's a modern day research package for you. Employment rates across the country continue to scrape the ceiling. Diversity and sheer number of Twitter users and applications available to help navigate the blur of tweets is mind-boggling. Entrepreneurs behind applications such as Twitter Jobcast, created by laid-off web designer David Pugh, they're taking Twitter to the next burst-through level of the clutter. Anyway, interesting. They say in this article that you do want to follow potential employers to learn about their products and services. You don't want to get sucked in i.e. get the information you're looking for, then get out. You do use multiple Twitter profiles. You want a personal one, and you want one to follow certain employees. You don't want to use a cartoonish icon on your profile because it'll turn off your employer. Let's go to Concord. Daniel, 800-345-5639. Daniel, how are you? Hey, Rob, how you doing? Doing good. Um... So, uh, oh, sorry, I'm kind of slightly working at the same time here. Um, I'm trying to start my empire, and I was wondering about um, certain video game companies like uh, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, such like that. I'm seeing a lot of room for uh, growth for them because, you know, they're, well, Microsoft namely is expanding a lot with um, putting, well, Twitter on uh, on its Xbox console along with uh, several other things, just starting with the Netflix and stuff like that. And I think that they're trying to, set up an entire, um, how do you put it, uh, an entire home entertainment console um, in their platform. And I was wondering if um, it'd be smart to start buying Microsoft or if that's even possible. You can buy Microsoft. Um, what you're talking about to me is there's a lot of convergence going on where your video game console wants to be a Blu-ray DVD player where your video game console wants to be able to get download movies from Netflix, where your video game console lets you buy games and skip from going to Best Buy or GameStop. So there's a convergence of these things all want to be one another. And down the road, I think that happens. So Microsoft and Sony are pretty well positioned for that. But there's also a company that I talked about last week called OnLive, where it's going to be a video game platform that all you need to have is a simple computer. You can get online and you can play these games online. And the, the online, they'll have these super servers that are 100 times faster than your current computer, so they may be able to create a, a more detailed world for you than you could do on your own computer. And yet the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 4, or the Xbox 360, the next Xbox, and the PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4, they're going to tone down the graphics, and they're going to try to make it more social and more online in large part because they saw the success of the Nintendo Wii. But still, there's no gaming business platform 
or an online business model. Microsoft may not be able to pull it off, Daniel. It may be a company called Steam, uh, which is a division of Valve. It may be um, because they're doing distribution of video games. They could also do distribution of movies. Have, do you know about Steam? Oh, I know. I, I know about Steam. I have a lot of uh, a lot of tech heavy friends. What would stop there you? What would stop you, for instance, if your TV was on the internet? What would stop you from downloading a movie through Steam? Uh, nothing. It's, nothing. Know, Steam's a great. Uh, it's a good platform, right? So, uh-huh. I think you're a little bit naive if you think things are going to stay status quo in video games. But I think you're also looking at the right area because we consume more money in entertainment in video games than we do on movies every year. Yeah, it's, it's a larger. Um, it it makes it makes more capital, I believe, right? It's a bigger ticket, uh, for sure. You know, when you're paying fifty to sixty bucks for a video game, and that's you know going to two or three movies, um, and you know people don't like going to movies anymore because we got big old TVs in our our house and we could watch it and get a similar experience at home. Not as good, but similar. So I'm with you. Now, Daniel, you said something about building your empire. What the hell are you talking about? Well, I'm 22, and I'm, you know, mo- most people my age aren't really looking at, you know, starting and buying in stocks and, and such. And I'm, I'm, trying to make, I'm trying to make it to the couple million mark, and I figure i got to start now. And I figure I'm actually a little old to start now if I want to make a couple million. No, you're not. You're doing great. Um, now, tell me about the life of a 22-year-old. Do you have a job? Um, yes, if you can call it that. What um, is actually, it? Um, I take patients to their dialysis appointments. That's a great job. Um, that job's not going to be t- uh, sent to someone in China. That job will never go overseas, and I don't want that job. That's that's brutal. You're dealing with people who are dying. I don't like that. So you've got a great job. I'm not going to take it away from you. It doesn't make that much money, though. I think at the why don't you I'm think about yeah? Why don't you think about starting your own business model where you're hiring other people to do the driving for you? Figure out what's wrong in the business and figure out how to make it right. So, I, was thinking, I was thinking about that. Lately, I've been, um, because I had a child young, which is a huge drain on funds. So I was actually thinking of uh, becoming a police officer, and I was just, uh, I took this job um, as I'm waiting to work on that career good. for a police officer. Police officer is a great job, and it provides you a great pension later in life. I have no problem with that. I, I respect and love the authority. Um, so I think you're barking up a good tree, but... Um, don't try to do too much too fast. Um, love your kid. That's important. When you get a 401k, take advantage of it. If you figure out a great business model, like uh, i.e. you starting a, a driving patients to dialysis services, uh, that maybe is a little bit more loving, maybe a little bit more sweet and a little less clinical. Um, you know, do that on the side, do that on the side for a year, two years, three years, build it slowly. Don't try to build an empire in your twenties cause it ain't going to happen. Um, right now, you got other things to focus on, slowly but surely getting your wealth accumulated in a 401k or an IRA, and then um, starting a business. And keep in mind, starting businesses, it takes a little time to get some traction. So keep your full daytime job while at night working on your, your other business idea or your empire, as you like to say. Okay, because I've, I've, I've noticed, you know, with the, with the way the market is going, everything, like housing prices are down and everything like that, and I wanted to, to take advantage of that, but with my... My low income in my situation, I, I, I don't want to capitalize it on, on it too late. I'm with you. Thanks for the call. All right. Thanks. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. If you want to wait 22 hours, I'll be back tomorrow right out of the gate. I'm going to be talking with Glenn Beck. I don't think you want to miss that because how will I blow that interview? We'll find out. Later the show, I'm going to be speaking with Aaron Patzer from Money Intelligence, the, one of the newest billionaires in the Bay. Mint.com will be talking about the changes in Mint.com, but I'm also going to be asking him 
quality ladies in your life go up when you get worth a billion? I bet they have. It's the Rob Black Show. Get a podcast of the show at 910talk910.com. Talk910.com. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.